Hello, everybody, and welcome to Call to the Bullpen, presented by Capital Sports Media Network. From high school to the pros, CSMN is the Capital Region's home for everything sports. I'm your host and CSMN senior baseball correspondent, David Payne, and today we're going to be doing some spring cleaning. Let's play ball. Now, before we jump into this episode, I want to take a minute to remind you guys about Capital Sports Media Madness. We are streaming a special NCAA March Madness show live on YouTube for every single weekend game all the way to the national championship. Even if your bracket is busted like mine is, be sure to check out our Instagram at Capital Sports MN for links. Now, for our current events this week, I'm going to kick it off with a clip of the Mets announcers just roasting the umpires after a, a bad home run call. So Marcus Stroman was pitching, batter hits a ball down the left field line, clearly foul, umpire calls it fair, and the Mets announcers go on like a two-minute rant uh, just clowning the umpires for their attire, the way they look. Uh, it's just really funny. I'll just play it for you guys real quick, uh, and then we'll move on. Second with two outs. And Anderson hits one toward the left field corner. This one will drop foul. Good. Up on the catwalk. Yeah. It's a three. Oh, they call it a fair. They call it a fair ball. Torres to talk Carlos. about this. Carlos. Take Carlos. Carlos. Come on, buddy. Oh, look at that helmet. Look, what, what is he? Sergeant Schultz. <laughs> so right now it's three, four. Look at that thing. I've never seen a What is going on? He's on Hogan's Heroes. That's a foul That's ball, foul, buddy. as we all figured, except yeah. for Carlos Torres. Let's not have an argument here. Carlos Torres doesn't want to be seen. I wouldn't want Hunter, Hunter Wendelstedt looks like he belongs on a construction crew. <laughs> Carlos has got to take the shades off. All right, that's number one. Look at this. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm working on the railroad. My gosh. That's a new one. I think this game is passing me by. Well, don't say that out loud. Now, we wouldn't be doing Call to the Bullpen current events without Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer gave up three bombs and four batters against the Mariners. And Mariners manager Scott Cervais had something to say after the game. Check this out. Certainly Bauer was on top of his game early. And I just wanted everybody to know that our guys weren't trying the first four innings. We decided to try in the fifth inning uh, last night, and, and uh, it worked out. Our guys started trying. So I know he, he had said maybe he wasn't in the fifth, but our guys were trying in the fifth. We just didn't take it seriously the first three four innings. Did they have both eyes open? No, our guys were hitting with one eye shut uh, the first four innings and, and trying to breathe through our eyelids uh, as we're focusing on different things that will help us throughout the year. He he really got me when he was talking about breathing through their eyelids. That was the one that sent me. But if you're going to be a guy like Trevor Bauer who talks a lot and does a lot of crazy things out there, when you get lit up, you're going to have other teams having something to say about it. So shout out Scott Cervais for that. But I'm not sure the Mariners are in a position to be chirping anyone after their antics this spring training. Now, somewhat pertaining to Trevor Bauer, MLB announced this week new protocol to catch pitchers using foreign substances. 
So all the baseballs taken out of play are going to be collected by MLB and undergo lab tests looking for foreign substances. They're going to look for both the existence of foreign substances on the ball and what those foreign substances are so that they can really figure out what is it that these guys are using to get better spin rate. And talking about spin rate, they're also going to be doing spin rate analysis using StatCast, looking for significant jumps like what we saw in Trevor Bauer's 2019 and 2020 spin rates. They're going to be looking for large jumps on the ball like that. There's going to be compliance officers placed in the dugouts, tunnels, bullpens, monitoring, making sure nobody's putting any sticky substances on their belts, caps, balls, jerseys, etc. And even if you get caught after the game in the lab tests or with the stat cast, you can still be disciplined. It doesn't have to be just a, a catch-you-in-the-act type thing. Now, I want to say... Everyone uses something, right? Division three, NAIA, D2, D1, the pros. Everyone's using something to get a better grip. Whitey Ford had a ring he would wear to scuff up the ball and get a better grip. That's cheating, right? That's not, that's not allowed in the rules, but everyone has done it as far back as you can think in baseball. And catchers and position players are allowed to use pine tar and other substances. So my question with these lab tests is going to be how do you determine whether the substance came from a player other than the pitcher or from the pitcher? Because I, I don't know if you guys remember a couple years ago, there was a clip where a ball bounced in the dirt and hit Yadier Molina's chest protector. And he had so much sticky stuff on his chest protector, the ball just sat there. And, and he stood up and the ball is just hanging from his chest protector. So I'm curious to know how they're going to determine... If there's a foreign substance on the ball, if it's actually the pitcher's fault or who it's from, and maybe that's what the compliance officers are for, maybe that's what they're looking for, maybe that's why they're also doing the spin rate analysis, um, and I'm sure that's why you know they have several protocols in place, not just uh, the lab tests. And we're going to stick with the Dodgers here for the next current event, which is a Dodgers fan took out a billboard outside of Fenway Park that reads, Dear Boston... Thank you for Mookie Betts. Sincerely, Dodgers fans. That is a savage move. This guy is from L.A., found out a billboard was open next to Fenway Park, and was like, I just got $1,400 from the government. Let's put up a billboard. Just trolling the Red Sox. You love to see that. You love to see an organization make a poor decision and then get roasted for it outside their home stadium. And it couldn't happen to a better team than the Red Sox. Now, on some less, uh, some less light and happy news, uh, a report about the Rockies came out. And we had already talked about the Rockies once on this show and their poor handling of the Arenado trade, their owner's comments after that about they're never going to be the team to sign a big free agent. This is somehow worse. Last year, instead of bringing back their furloughed workers, because they furloughed a, a ton of workers due to the pandemic, like a lot of teams did, but instead of bringing those workers back, they used front office employees as clubbies. So you would have employees of the Rockies finishing up their nine to five uh, in the front office and then running down to the locker room, shining players' shoes, doing their laundry, running out to the convenience store to buy tobacco for players. Uh, and this is in an effort to cut costs and not have to bring those workers back. So you've got front office people working 12, 13 hour days. Uh, and after they get off of their long shift doing their actual job, going and doing 
essentially clubby work for the players. Um, and that, that, that's a really bad look on a team that already had a couple bad looks this offseason. So it doesn't look like things are getting any better in Denver. And with Trevor Story, a looming free agent, and them being a team that's not going to compete this year, I'm sure we will be talking about the Rockies screwing something up again pretty soon. Now, the Houston Astros made a preemptive move with Zach Greinke and Justin Verlander being free agents after this season and locked up starting pitcher Lance McCullers to a five-year, $85 million deal beginning next year. So this doesn't count towards their luxury tax this, this year, which they're very close to. They're right on the edge, so that's an important detail of this deal is that it doesn't go into effect until next year. But five years, $85 million, a pretty good deal for Lance McCullers, a guy who, who missed a year with Tommy John, um, who's had some injury issues. And clearly they're looking to build the rotation around him with Granke and Verlander departing after this year. Now, we are one week out from opening day. And that means that these spring training games, we're starting to see teams' lineups come, uh, come into form. And we're starting to see the starters get more reps. And we're starting to see roster cuts happen and really see what the rosters are going to look like come opening day. An interesting uh, roster move that I had been watching was Bobby Witt Jr. of the Kansas City Royals, who I mentioned I had played against. And Bobby Witt Jr. had a shot to make the Royals opening day roster. The Royals are a team that I think can surprise some people this year. And he was the number two draft pick in 2019. There was some talk he's going to make the roster. He's going to contribute for the Royals this year. He was just optioned to the minor leagues the other day, along with Pirates shortstop Cole Tucker. So those are a couple young uh, potential impact shortstops that we just saw get cut. Now, another roster move, and maybe the dumbest thing I've seen happen this entire spring training, and maybe one of the dumbest things I've ever seen happen on a baseball field. Eloy Jimenez of the White Sox went up to rob a home run in a spring training game. This is a meaningless home run. This ball lands over the fence. It does not matter. Losing this game doesn't hurt the White Sox. Winning this game doesn't help the White Sox. Eloy Jimenez decides to jump up and try and rob this home run. He exits the game immediately with shoulder pain. MRIs come back. He has a ruptured pec tendon, a six-month recovery time, and he may have just cost the Chicago White Sox the AL Central. It was going to be a really close race here between the White Sox and the Twins. And taking a huge impact player out of the White Sox lineup like that it is just detrimental to the team. I think that that hands the division over to the Twins. Because the guy that you have replacing Eloy is Adam Eaton. And that's like comparing apples and oranges, right? Adam Eaton's not Eloy Jimenez. He wasn't Eloy Jimenez in his prime. So you're taking a, a big impact bat out of the White Sox lineup over nothing. Over something that he should have been aware enough to know not to jump up and try and rob that ball. I get it. It's baseball instincts. You're in a game situation. You see a ball going over the fence. You think maybe I can get that. I'm going to go for it. You just got to have that situational awareness to know I could get hurt doing this and it could hurt my team in the long run. Even if the White Sox are able to pull off winning the division or securing a wild card spot, a guy who's out six months is not going to be eligible for postseason play. You have to be on the active roster as of September 1st to be eligible for postseason play. 
and a six to eight month recovery time does not have him on the active roster on September 1st. So even if the White Sox manage to make the playoffs without him in their lineup, they're going to be missing him for the postseason. This is a team that wants to win right now. This is a team that made moves this offseason to win right now. And one week out from opening day, a huge star on this team goes down. You really, really hate to see that, especially over something that did not need to happen. Now, since we are one week out from opening day, we are going to recap all of the predictions that I gave on episode one. So it's fresh in your mind come opening day this week. Winning the AL East, like I said, is going to make my CSMN colleagues quite happy, especially our founder, Mr. Kyle Milligan. The New York Yankees are going to win the AL East. The AL Central, like I just said, and I said this on episode one, I said the Twins then, even more so now, the Twins are going to win the AL Central. You could book it right now. The AL West, I had the Astros winning. Okay, and I'm going to stick to that. Despite what I've seen this spring training, I've seen a strong showing from the Angels. I think the A's are a pretty good team, but like I said on episode one, i got to stick to my guns and go with the Astros. Wild card, my predictions were the White Sox and Blue Jays. Like I said, I'm sticking to my guns here, even with this Eloy injury. White Sox and Blue Jays facing off in the wild card game. Hopping over to the NL, the NL East is going to belong to Ian Anderson and the Atlanta Braves, shout out 518. The NL Central, the Cardinals should run away with. And in the NL West, the untouchable Los Angeles Dodgers. The wild card teams, I mentioned week one, the wild card game for the NL should be at Petco Park in San Diego, and I have the Mets as the visiting team there. A recap of our awards predictions. AL Cy Young, Lucas Giolito. He is looking very, very good this spring training. He's throwing hard. His stuff's moving. I'm sticking with Lucas Giolito there. And his counterpart in the NL is going to be you, Darvish. AL MVP. Couple guys on this team could win it. After what I'm seeing from Shohei Otani, I think a couple guys could win it. We know Mike Trout's always in the running. I went with Anthony Rendon, and I am sticking to that. And in the NL, his counterpart, El Nino, Fernando Tatis Jr. AL Rookie of the Year, I have never been more confident in a pick. I said week one, Ryan Mountcastle is going to win, and he has shown me nothing in spring training to make me change that pick. He has absolutely balled out in spring training. If you don't know who Ryan Mountcastle is, do me a favor Click on Safari on your phone and look up Ryan Mountcastle. This dude is a stud, and he's going to be the AL Rookie of the Year. And on the NL side, a guy I just mentioned in the predictions, shout out 518, my roommate Danny has faced him, Ian Anderson. Uh, After what he showed last year, and he's still got his rookie status, uh, there's a couple other good guys I could go with, like Key Brian Hayes, but I'm going to stick with Ian Anderson here. Now, since next week is opening week, when the next episode comes out, we will have had one week of baseball under our belts, and that means an updated power rankings. But I want to remind you guys of the preseason power rankings that I gave a couple episodes ago, so it's fresh in your head next week when the new power rankings come out. At number one, I would be shocked if they didn't win the World Series Los Angeles Dodgers. They're one on everyone's power rankings, right? This isn't anything new. This isn't anything exciting, right? The Dodgers are one. 
It's just what it is. They're they're one in every universe. Okay, they're they're the team that's going to win the World Series unless a giant asteroid hits North America. Right. Number two, San Diego Padres. Number three, New York Yankees. Then you got about a 50-foot gap there. And then number four, the Atlanta Braves. Five, New York Mets. Six, Chicago White Sox. Even with the Eloy injury. Remember, these are the preseason rankings. We, the White Sox are a team that we could see drop after week one. If their lineup doesn't put out like it would have with Eloy, we could see them drop down to 10. We could see them drop off the list. Or we could see them do even better and say, hey, they don't even need them. Put them at four. Right, but right now the White Sox in the preseason power rankings sit at number six. Right behind them at number seven is the Washington Nationals. Number eight, the Minnesota Twins. Number nine, Toronto Blue Jays. And number 10, the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, remember, next week those will be updated. We'll have, at the time of the episode, I think four days of games under our belt. Um, so we'll go off of what we see in those four games in the week one power rankings um but for right now dodgers padres yankees braves mets white Sox, nationals twins blue jays and rays that was our spring cleaning we will see you next week at the end of spring training for some real regular season baseball kicking off a 162 game season for the first time in over a year this is exciting guys We have baseball back. We have fans in the stadium. We have the Rangers at full capacity. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying it's exciting. We have baseball, guys. It's over. The offseason is over. The wait is over. One more week and we are there. And I will see you next week for our opening day special here on Call to the Bullpen. Before I go, I just want to remind you, follow our Instagram and Facebook at Capital Sports MN. Check out our website, CapitalSportsMN.com. A shout out to my editor, Bobby Lane. A shout out to Kyle Milligan, founder of CSMN. And I will see you guys next week. What's going on, everybody? This is Kyle Milligan, founder of CSMN. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Capital Sports MN and find all of our content on our website at capitalsportsmn.com. Peace out, everyone. God bless.